everyone. My name's Brian, and today is Monday, September 25th, 2023, and this is another episode of Lots to Talk About. My guest this evening is has been on the road solo in her 36-foot RV since 2019. She's been on the road and has been exploring the highways and byways of the United States and uh, Canada, covering over 36,000 miles and visiting 41 out of 62 national parks, and I'm guessing those numbers are higher than uh, when they were printed, but she's also the owner of an RV club for solo travelers. I had a little pre-chat with uh, with her a few weeks ago, and I'm really excited to welcome to lots to talk about. And with that, welcome Janelle Jones. How are we doing, Janelle? Hi, Brian. I'm doing well, thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Any any um, any time for a fellow full time RVer, um, nomad, a van life person. I think we all kind of share something um, in common, even though we do lots of uh, different things, lots of different styles. There's a, there's a, a kind of a unique way to do it for everyone. Um, but it's always fun to talk about those common threads for sure, and the way way people look at it differently too. Uh, we had a great chat a, a little while ago and uh, I've been I've been thinking about your journey since then. But anyway, um, I kind of did a little bit of an intro there, but um, you got an elevator pitch you could throw out there, introduce yourself to the audience and um, then we'll kind of get into how you got into full-time RVing and, and go from there. Okay, yeah, great. Thanks, Brian. I call myself an RV travel enabler meaning I help people who want to do this crazy lifestyle that's really not so crazy, but I help them realize it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, there's a bunch of jumps at the beginning and there's a steep learning curve, but after that, I wouldn't say it's smooth sailing, but it's great sailing. So I guess that's my little elevator pitch. I'm an RV travel enabler. I love this lifestyle so much. I want other people to do it as well. I love it. I love it. I'd never really thought of it that way i mean that's a piece of what i do with my mm -hmm. podcast in my community but uh yeah i'm an enabler <laughs> yeah that's true because you know when you start talking about this lifestyle your friends your family think it's crazy you know you this is crazy you or you you can't do this and so if you could talk to somebody like you or i to show them no it's not you're not crazy this is fine it's just a different way of life that's all just oh absolutely different. It's just different. It's just, um, you know, in a lot of ways, I, I find it superior to the way I lived before. Um, and yeah. in other ways, I, I miss some of the things that I had before. Uh, okay. But I think the trade off at the moment, really, I haven't stopped yet. So mm -hmm. we don't have any plans mm -hmm. of not doing this. So that must mean that must mean something. Right. You know, when I'm on the side of the road with an issue, a tire or my slide won't go in or out. Yeah. Do I wish I had a real house then or a normal house then? Yeah. But as soon as that's fixed in two hours, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so glad I'm on the road. I'm, I'm still driving to Canada. Or I'm still driving to Utah to see the national parks. I'm with you. I have no there, it's not even on my my radar yet to stop doing this life. Okay. So how, how long, let's go back to how okay. you kind of ended up doing this and got into it and um, how long you've been on it. 
I started really when I retired in 2015. I had watched an RV dealership across the street from me. So, I, you know, every once in a while I'd look out the window and I would see him. And that kind of put a teeny little bug in my head. Didn't realize it at the time. So I retire and I get an RV that is completely wrong for me. I don't know what I'm doing. It's the wrong all the way around. So I call it my starter RV. So I did that for a while. And then I got a class C and realized that was much better. Then I really hit the road and I stayed on the road for about two straight years coming home to my sticks and bricks only to check on my house. So okay. then I thought, well, why don't I quit checking on that house, get rid of that house, buy the RV I really want, because now I'm kind of off the starter mode. And that's when I bought the Class C and went full time. And that was in 2019. OK, so now like going on five years, like yeah. full time, full time, seven yeah. years of, of really living it. Um, yep. was the plan to go full time when you bought that first one? Were you like, or were you just going to no. test it out and go camping some? Yeah, I was just going to go see the country. You know, I was single and I had traveled by myself all over Europe and I, I you know, I, that didn't bother me one bit, but I, as I got older, I wanted my comforts more. So I got to where I was taking, you know, 11, seven suitcases, a bunch of suitcases on every trip. I'm like, this is ridiculous. So it's like, well, you know what? Why not take my house with me? And that's really how this started. Is I want to take my house with me and go where I want to go and stay as long as I want to or have the money to. And nobody can tell me I have to check out and, you know, and now I have to go home because it's the end of vacation week. I wanted to go on vacation for like a month and then go from where I wanted to go. So it was about the freedom, which I guess, you know, all RVs talk about the freedom that we have. That's what I wanted. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that um, the fact, you know, we we decided we were going to sit down here in Tennessee for the winter uh, just to see what the weather was like, because we do eventually want to have a few um, base properties, properties mm -hmm. that we could go to if like something goes sideways with the rig or this or that. Like we have some place we can go um, and maybe start building some some equity and things like that. Uh, but we want to make sure that that first one is someplace we can go tolerate no matter what. Like if it's the middle of summer and we have to go there, we can do it. If it's the middle of winter, we have to like we spent the winter in Texas and I would love to have property in Texas. But if something goes crooked in the summer, I'm not going to Texas <laughs> like, oh, no. So yeah, no. We're, we decided we were going to sit down um, and we actually rented out our space till May. Uh, that we're at now, but we also looked at each other and said, you know, if we want to go away for two weeks, three weeks, like we can just go. There's no, there's no planning a trip anymore. It's just like, where, where are we going to stop? Where are we going to stay? And yep. um, that's, that's that freedom. Like, even if you decide to sit down for a little while, you still have freedom. <laughs> you do. And with the difference with our lifestyle is where we decide to sit down for a little while. It's somewhere that has caught our eye. It's caught our attention. It has made us want to stay there. We're not there because we have a mortgage. We're there because we want to be there like you in Tennessee or me in right. Canada for two months. I wanted to be there. I was there. Right. Yeah. And it's, um, that was our big light bulb that went off is this all started because we were just going to go buy a piece of property and build a new life because we didn't like Minnesota anymore. And we realized that we were going to have to have some place to live and uh, and some place to live until we built a structure. And so we were like, oh, we'll build out an RV and we'll just drive it out there and we'll stay in the RV. And then we looked at each other and went, 
neither of us have been to Idaho. That was where we were going to buy our property. We're like, neither of us have ever been there. Why are we going there? Why don't we just go look for someplace in this RV we're going to have to build anyway? And uh-huh. uh, it went down that rabbit hole. And and it's it's been great. I've, I've been so glad that I've done it. Uh, if I if I had to stop today, I will never regret the year. Like we're just over a year since we sold our property and I would never change it for the life of me. Goods and bads. I, I completely agree. I always say when, when I'm in a bad moment, like I had a blowout on my RV and I was on the road blocking traffic. The cops were telling me to move. It was a bad situation. I sat for a minute. I thought, well, nobody's died. And this is going to be a great story someday. That and it's, that it's just part of the experience. It's part of the, this life. And if if this if nothing else, this life teaches you patience, humility. You're not in charge of everything. If nothing else, and I was one of those people that thought I was in charge of everything, had zero patience, and had no humility. I stand before you today. I've worked on all those tremendously. <laughs> you you wouldn't make it if you didn't. You're you're listing off the you're listing off those characteristics, and I'm I'm just going. Yes, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. I'm getting better. I'm getting right? better. Um, and the other thing you're talking about, like, this is going to be a great story. And that's usually what it circles around to if something goes sideways on one of our trips. Like we got stuck in the middle of a dirt road in, in Colorado because it had rained. Um, it had rained more. The guy said it had rained more in the last two weeks than it had in the last two years um, where he was. And they was just a, a bad situation. And we looked at each other and just went, man, show's going to be really good tomorrow. (laughs) Right, right. You're you're losing your mind and you're going to relive it tomorrow morning and it's going to be great. (laughs) Yeah. And it's funny. You look back on the experiences and you're like, it wasn't that bad. I mean, I was fine. The cops were yelling at me. They didn't have a tire in the entire state of Maine that would fit my RV. But, and I sat in a parking lot in a busy uh, business and they told me I had to leave. I'm like, can you please stay a little bit? I limped over here on five tires. I'm supposed to have six, but you know, it doesn't seem that bad now, really. (laughs) I mean, what you're, you're talking to me. I mean, you made it through it. That was, uh, that was uh, in a, in a book that I used to read quite a bit that he would talk about uh, flat tire days. And yeah. he like referenced that, you know, you're going to have so many flat tires in your lifetime and it is what it is. Like you can't mm-hmm. change that. So just don't let it ruin the rest of that day. Just go as, Hey, I got one less flat tire day coming up. <laughs> That's right. And you know, I had been so what, that was one of my big fears with the RV on a 36 foot with a car behind me. That was one of my fears on a flat tire to have a flat tire on the RV because, you know, I can't carry a spare two good Samaritans aren't going to change the tire for me. It's not going to happen. So I'm glad that it happened and it's over with. And so now the next time, because it's going to happen again. And so the next time I won't be so freaked out. I'll know it's fine. We're going to work our way through it. So that was the, that was the first blowout you had had on, on a rig. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It was kind of the first big experience. For the listeners that don't, so I don't do necessarily all RV Mm. stuff, but, listeners um class c 36 foot rv you're you're in um like what you would say a tour bus style i'm in a bus yeah class i'm in a class a which is like the bus yeah class a c is the one with the the bed or the cab over the truck kind of and it has the square behind it so and then the trailer yeah 
you got the tour bus like the yeah. like the rock bands use well a little one yes but yes <laughs> i do you know and that's what i wanted i wanted a nice home you know i hadn't lived before in a small shabby something and i didn't want to again so yeah my rv is very nice it um has a nice bathroom i have a fireplace i've got central vac it's washer and dryer i mean i live in a tiny home that you can drive nice and and that's yeah. how i try to stress that to people is you know if you really want to do this it's just like anything else it's just like buying a house you can buy mm -hmm. everything from a, a two-bedroom thing yeah. in the in the middle of the inner city all the way to a, a 20 million dollar home on 400 acres in the country yeah. uh it just matters how much money you got how much you're willing to spend and and how you want to how you want to do it um right. our goal was to kind of be as self-sufficient as we could um mm -hmm. and so we went the other way we went and bought an older trailer did a ton of work to it and put in systems that we wanted um because you stay in a lot of campgrounds mm -mm. no do you no. do you stay no I boondock a lot, mostly. I'm full of solar. Yes, okay. I did what you did. I got everything set up so that right. I can boondock. Now, when I was in Canada for two months, we did all campgrounds. Yes, it okay. reminded me of why I like to boondock. But um, <laughs> outside of my size, um, no, that's the only thing that kind of deters me sometime when I go to BLM land, I have to check is the sand or what, which I guess we all do, but, right. and can I turn around? Do I have enough to room to turn around? Cause this thing, you know, you ever heard of a 30 point turn? I've learned how to do a 30 point turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I do remember, uh, when we talked about that was, uh, we, we do similar, we have similar problems with our F-250 with a 30, with a 32 yeah. foot travel trailer yeah. is the weight and the turnarounds. <laughs> yeah, you're the same. You're as long as I am. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I got jackknifed around a, in a gas station one time. Around, I, I, I knew when I was going in. I knew, don't do this, don't do this. And I pulled in and tried to, to make a wide enough turn and jackknifed that car and RV perfectly. So good. I couldn't, tr if I tried, I couldn't do it again. It was jackknifed so much that I couldn't get the car off the tow bar. I had to get people oh, no. in the, in the ga uh, getting gas to come jump on the tow bar to help me separate the two. <laughs> how, how, uh, how accommodating, so do you have, have you run into a lot of issues? Um, I run into, I, I've worked on stuff my whole life. I was a blue collar mechanic maintenance guy. I've been a, a technician. Um, I'm, I'm six foot five, 250 pounds. I can, I can throw some weight around. I can change tires and all that stuff. Um, if my wife who's five foot two, um, was on the road by herself, I, I would worry about her. How, how does that go with you? You know, I do get that a lot. My family, you know, freaked out. My sister had a long conversation with me about serial killers, if you can believe that. <laughs> I, I'm like, things, and I'm not kidding you, serial killers. You know, I don't take stupid chances, which, you know, as a female, I don't anyway. You know, we, we're very aware of our surroundings. I'm even more so now. I will stay at truck stops. I'll stay at rest areas. But what I do, for instance, those are to me where I'm most vulnerable, but I pull in, I shut the slot, the shades at the front and you can't tell who's in here, male, female. Right. And I don't leave the RV one for one. I don't even check my tires. I don't do anything. Then in the morning when I leave, I pull, I pull out of the 
truck stop or whatever, go to the first rest stop, the first something to pull over, then I check everything. So if somebody's following me, well, that's fine. But, you know, I mean, there's, there's not a lot of call for middle-aged women, you know, to, for <laughs> be kidnapped or killed. I don't have enough money to be killed over it. So, but, but I, I do watch uh, what I'm doing. I'm, I lock everything every time. I double check that. I do have guns in my RV. You know, I was raised around them. I know my way around them. So I do have those. And those give me a sense of security. But I, you know, I, it's like any, anywhere else. I mean, just because I'm in an RV. You know, I wouldn't drive off BLM land way out by myself. I'll drive right. a little bit, but I make sure I can see a road, somebody else, something, or I can get to the road. I make sure the RV's turned around. So if I had to, I can drive straight to the road. So, uh, you know. I mean, as far as the BLM land, like there's there's plenty of times that I wasn't real. I mean, with the two of us and three St. Bernards, I was like, ah, mm. it's really nice and isolated here. Mm-hmm. Really isolated, nice isolated yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I won't do that. And I've yeah. left twice. I got somewhere, and I'm like, I don't know, but I just don't like that over there. It was, you know, some people, and they did nothing. They were probably fine, but every other time, I didn't have a weird feeling. That time, I had a weird feeling. I listened to it. I'm like, you know what? I'm driving out, and I left. So, you know, who well, knows? That's the best part. That's the best part about being mobile is you can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't and- set anything up. You know. It's wise. Uh, we we um, we w- tried to go to a hip camp once that we couldn't find. Well, mm. we we think we found it, but we ended up just backing into it was an old um, an old uh, mobile home park, and we think that that somebody was renting their old mobile home spot for a for a just a overnight. And mm. so we parked there, but we never unhooked the truck. We didn't do anything. We were just like it was an overnight thing where we were just going to move on the next day anyway. And we're like, yeah. if somebody knocks on the door, we're 10 we'll minutes leave. and we're gone. I mean, exactly. <laughs> but there yeah. was no cell service. There was no, we couldn't get a hold of the person. And I'm just mm. like, I'm sick of driving. Like, I'm sick of trying to find someplace. Corey drives everywhere. And I'm like, ah, park in there. It was easy parking. No one ever said anything. We never knew if we stayed in the right spot. Yeah, that's funny. You know, that's one of the reasons, too, that first RV that I got was that trailer. I didn't mm-hmm. like the fact that I had to get out and come around, do the steps and all that. I was like, you know what? This is not if I'm tired or it's raining. I don't want to deal with all that. This to me, yeah. I just I feel safer. They can get in my RV, but they have to take a crowbar to the front door, which I'm assuming I would hear or get a ladder to get up in the window. So, like I said, I, I feel pretty good. You know, I feel pretty safe in here. How about um, maintenance and breakdowns? Hmm. Well, now you jinxed me by saying that. Let me knock on wood. Well, I mean, you just had had a blowout and stuff, but. Yep. Yeah. And right now my slide, I have four slides like an idiot. And one of my slides, since the day I bought this thing, it'll go in, it won't go out. It won't. So, um, you know, I just plan for it. I have a RV emergency fund that I've put in every, every month. And sometimes it gets up to a few thousand. I'm so excited. And I know something's coming because it's built back up. So, yeah. but anyways, so I have that and, um, I've gotten a lot handier at, at fixing things. I changed out a water pump, uh, in a Elks Lodge of a pencil pen, in Pennsylvania. I, uh, changed out the hot water pressure valve. I just looked on YouTube and figured it out. I've learned how to change my generator oil and fuel so I can do all that. 
I just slowly, slowly but surely do it. And if it gets that bad, I put it back in and drive somewhere and throw some money at it. Have somebody help me. <laughs> I mean, there is always that. That was always my fail safe when I was trying to learn how to fix stuff was. Yeah. Yeah. YouTube it. If I can't yeah. find it on YouTube, Google it. And if I can't find it on YouTube and Google, somebody else should be doing it anyway. <laughs> exactly. I'll, I, you know, and I'll be like, why can't I find this? And I'll be like, oh, wait a minute. Probably because I'm not supposed to be doing this. Okay, we're good. Yeah, we're, right. we're fine here. So. Um, so you own uh, an RV club. You want to talk about that a little bit? I would love to. So when I bought this RV... And in, in September 2019, right before COVID, I might add, when I bought this, I didn't know where to go, quite honestly, because I'd already been RVing and checked all the bucket list stuff off, you know, the Grand Canyon and seeing friends in the country and all that. So I found this club online, speaking of Google, that was an RV club for solo people. It was singles back then. I changed it to solos. So when I called and talked to the owner and I'm like, is this a singles? I'm not interested in a dating rv group he's like no it's just we're all single all right so i got, literally bought the rv took a left from fort worth drove straight to nylon california the very edge of california and i walked up and there was about i got parked where they said to go and there was about 30 people sitting there and i walked up and they greeted me so nice and happy and i knew i'd found my tribe and i didn't have hot water the whole way there so one of the first thing I said is anybody have this kind of RV that I have and know how to do the hot water? I don't, I don't have hot water. I've, I've been bathing out of a milk jug with hot water for a week. So I knew right then I'd found my people. So I traveled with them the next few years. And last year I approached the owner and said, Hey, if you ever want to sell, I'm interested. And, you know, we talked back and forth, six, eight months, you know, haggled over some money and what have you and this and that. And then uh, may reach a decision in March, and I bought it. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, so, it's good. So it's, I'm enjoying it. So, um, real quick before we t start talking about that, some more. Uh, somebody was wondering, you you tow a car with your I with do. your rig? Okay, uh, I do. Like a, and a I have an electric bike. And I electric have. Bike. Yep. And I have electric bike. I can see the, uh, love the butt idea of pickle Pete. Yeah. I have a Nissan Versa that I bought strictly to tow. It's an inexpensive car because you know how they get beat up so bad, the front of them and right. it's good gas mileage to offset my eight miles to the gallon on a good day. And it doesn't weigh anything. I don't think it weighs 2,400 pounds. So, okay. And I bought a rad electric bike that's foldable and it goes in my back seat of my car. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Do you, yeah. do you load much else in your car? Do you use it for additional storage? My trunk is my paper goods storage, my toilet paper, paper towels, napkins, and my go bag is in there as well. But yeah, my trunk is uh, the car is storage. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was something that we we went through when we downsized being two of us going into this and and not keeping any place to store stuff was mm. what do we keep? Um, how much weight can we have? Like we ran into weight issues with our three big mm. dogs and all their supplies and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, that's the we've been contemplating what we want to do next and we've gone back and forth about a second vehicle of some mm -hmm. sort whether it be electric bike or a, another car of some sort or what it, whatever that is but we've run into some situations where we had to take the truck to the shop and man you don't have anything else yeah 
electric bike's the way to go. Oh my God. I know that's not what this show's about, but electric bike changes everything to me. It made bike riding fun again, as opposed to something to get through. You know, we're going to get up this hill as opposed to zoom running up the hill. Now it's, I love it. Rad electric bikes. So I wish I how does, home. how does that work? And this shows about whatever it is we're talking yeah. about at the time. So that's, that's fine with me. Um, so how does it work? So it just, is it uh, pedal assist or? Yeah. 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 You can pedal. It's like got one through four. Mine has one through four um, cycles, one being the lowest. And you can also put it on zero where you are pedaling just like a bike and it's heavy. So you're pedaling this uh, 50 pound bike. So I usually leave it on one. So I'm getting a little exercise and then you just hit the throttle. If you've got to go up a hill, leave all them bike riders in the in the past i love it so much so that mine mine got stolen i bought another one how fast did it go i've gotten it up to about 32 before and it's nice. fast that's way too fast nice. <laughs> on a bike well it'd be really nice um i'm actually doing my show tomorrow morning on boondocking tips and one of the things Ooh. that i always um go through my motions of going someplace is um figuring out what you're going to do if you can't get out uh, if your vehicle dies or your trailer stuck your truck stuck or whatever the situation is having that plan and right now basically mine is um walking yeah <laughs> so yeah. it's funny that you bring that up on the canada trip that i was just on i did a presentation there were 16 of us and i did a pre presentation on a go bag None of them knew what a go bag was. Do you, I'm assuming you do. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I did a presentation and I kept the prepper into the world stuff to a minimum, but I just said, you know, we're stuck in BLM land and it's muddy and that you don't have cell service. What are you going to do? And you have to go and it's 60 miles. Okay. Yeah. We can ride the bike until it dies, but how about some water? How about a snack? How about a pair of shoes? So um, it's it's funny you bring that up, but yeah, I think that's an essential thing for your boondocking show to have a go bag with you for sure. And electric bike. Right. Um, somebody asked, uh, does your, your bus, does that draw attention on like when you're boondocking out in BLM? Do you, do you kind of get, uh, or are there quite a few that you see the same size where you just blend in? Both, both. both. I mean, I've been before where it was, you know, I was the small RV there. I okay. was the small one. So in both, you know, I've been where it's it's tents around me and I try to really give them their space because tenters obviously don't want RVs. So I try to really give them their space. But no, not not really. I, I haven't ever felt like I stuck out. I feel nice. like I stick out sometimes because I'm a girl getting out and I'm not like a, you know, van life, 30 year old, 20 year old girl. I, you know, get out this mature woman and that to me makes me stand out a little more. Right. Right. Yeah. And um, I mean, that's, that's cool. I mean, if you pulled up next to me, I'd be, I'd probably be more comfortable than anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, it's, not, it's not some, it's not some 20 year old guy that's going to party all night. I mean, maybe you party yeah. all night, but no, <laughs> those days are long over. No, no I, th I, I think when we talked before you were in Atlantic time and you're like, man, it's late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're going to do this at seven o'clock. <laughs> yeah. No, those so, days are long over for me. So, so the club, so you, you mm -hmm. joined the club, you found your tribe. 
Um, how did it work? Did you guys, did you all, um, all roam around and stay in the same spot and all, were you a big family? Was it just kind of, um, kind of where you're, where we're all heading in the general direction or. Yes. No to all that. Yes. What it's a club that you belong to. There's a membership, a very small membership fee. But for that, you get the itineraries, exclusive itineraries of where we're going to go. Like, for instance, I keep going back to Canada because it's fresh on yep. my mind. But we just did two months in the Canadian Maritimes. So last summer, I put that trip together, found us places to stay, things to do, things to not miss, etc. Et so all you had to do if you wanted to go on that trip was that first day. It was August 8th, I think it was. That first day, I told you exactly where to be. It was the Elks Lodge in Bangor, uh, Bangor Maine. And we all met there and had dinner together, went over. And then the next day, we went into to, to Canada. So we don't necessarily caravan together. So you get to the next place on your own. Okay. Some people like to get up at the crack of dawn and leave at 7. I'm more of a 10-ish kind of girl. So I don't want to be hurrying at all or people waiting on me and the same for them so we get there we have a meeting every day at five and talk about what we want to do and we pretty much hang together sort of kind of you might get two or three that want to go here and this one wants to go on bike rides and this one wants to hike so if you have 10 12 people that's a perfect number you always have somebody to go do something with you if you're a museum history buff you'll have somebody in the group also maybe not everybody wants to do it but you will have friends it's a the club is a great way to have friends, road friends. When right. you are on the road, yeah, people are nice to you, but it'd be nice every once in a while to go out to dinner with people, you know, to, to go to a museum, to, to go rafting with somebody and not be the weird, odd one. And, you know, family said, well, you could go with us. I've had that before. I'm like, no, thanks. You know, I was in the back with the three kids, which is fine. But this way it gives you it gives you community you know, a tribe, friends. And when you travel with people, you really get to know them and you, you, be, you, maybe you don't want to know them, but you, you get this bond so that if I may not see you again for another year on the West coast in California, but you know, we've already had this great experience together and you literally have friends all over the country. Right. So is it, um, is it a kind of a, you pay for the year? Is it a year round? Do you, yeah. are you on like, a constant cycle of trips forever and that you kind of join up when you want and, and fall out? Or is it um, like we do a summer and a, and a winter? All of that. All of that. If you want to, you can go like I'm fixed. We're fixed to start one in March, for example. And it's going to go start in Arizona, go through Texas up to Iowa. And you can either split and go and do Michigan. I'll have you a trip for Michigan or you can go west go across kind of Lewis and Clark trail. We call it. You can do the Northwest. Then you can drive down California and I'll put you right back in Arizona and you can do it all again. Or I've got a Mexico. You could do a standalone trip. If you will, we're just going to go to Mexico for a month or two, or then we've got a death Valley. We've got a four wheel Jeep thing for two months. That's just, you could just go Jeep with, you know, a bunch of people going out there and spend death Valley, new year's Eve, you know what we're going to do that. So, if you want to, most people come in and out, but I bet we've got about 50 people 
that are full-timers, they just stay on a continuous circuit and maybe they'll go through Texas and go down and do all of Florida and then come up the East coast and, you know, do Maine and go back down. Cause we've got a great trip that goes up the East coast. That's real concentrated on history stuff. So oh, nice. do your history. Oh, if you're a history buff, man, do the East coast. So, so as you've developed these trips, you can just keep those itineraries and, mm -hmm. and keep them kind of updated. So even if you're not happy, you don't happen to be, the group doesn't happen to be doing that. If somebody wanted to peel off and use an old itinerary and to go do their own thing, um, or is it, is the group big enough that there's people doing all these different routes simultaneously? I would say yes, but just last year, that East Coast trip that's so fabulous, uh, four or five people started it and then dropped off for whatever reason. One was going this way, one got sick. And so the, it just, there wasn't anybody after like, I think it was Virginia. And then oh. somebody in uh, New York, Washington, went to a place we were being, they're like, hey, there's nobody here. So that was kind <laughs> of a, a weird, I'm like, well, I don't know what to tell you. You know, there's, there's nobody there, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Usually there always is, but for some reason, you know, I can't say yes to that question anymore. There's that one caveat now. Yeah, I'm, I was, I mean, it, it sounds, uh, it sounds like more actually what I was picturing was that, yeah, there might be, uh, depending mm -hmm. on who, who choose, you choose your own adventure that way. <laughs> you do. And you don't check in, you don't call me and tell me, Hey, I'm going up the East coast. So I don't, I don't know who, I don't know if there's 60 people there or one person or no person. I don't know, but right. I learned kind of a lesson from that. I had about nine, 10 trips maybe going. I thought, well, maybe it's, I've got to spread too thin across the United States. So this year, this year I'm saying 2024, cause I work a year in advance. So okay. for 2024, although, you know, I've just added Alaska and I'm fixing to add Baja, go a trip down to Baja too. So it'll be full how, next year again too. <laughs> how is going over the border with the RV? Fine. Is Most it? about, uh, let's see, there were 16 going into Canada. There were 16 of us went in. Of course, I got pulled over uh, for an inspection. I'm like, what do I look suspicious? He's like, no, you're just traveling by yourself in this big RV. I just, I don't believe you don't have guns. I'm like, well, okay. All right. So, and, oh, and he asked me where I was from. I said, Texas. And he said, you live full time. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, pull over. <laughs> so like, well, what? Right. he's stereotyping right. that's me. That's kind of what I think. I'm like, I, I mean, I, I have all my stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, I knew not to take it over and I had, right. I had left it. So I knew not to, but otherwise, and they're very nice. You know, I have not been to Mexico yet, but I'm going to go in the beginning of February. I'm going to get some RV work done down there. But uh, apparently it's pretty simple to go. We kind of grow as a group more there. We have a meeting uh, place and I make sure there's a leader that's gone before, knows what to do. It's very simple, really. I mean, you're either going to get jacked or it's going to be fine. I mean, it's <laughs> one or the other, but most times it's fine. <laughs> right, right. That's that's That was always my hesitation thinking about it was I don't even want to deal with, so I, I mean, if mine in the inside, like if somebody poked their head in here, they'd be like, oh, we're tearing that shit apart. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like, just it's too retrofitted. Like I tore the cabinets out. I tore all the furniture out of this. Like it's all just different furniture. Um, and I, I could just, and yeah, look at me. 
Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're just begging to be pulled over, dude. I can see you right here. Oh my God, look at the tattoos now. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, you're you, you're not getting pulled over. You're getting jacked. Well, you might not get jacked though, because they might be they'd be too afraid of you. Well, I am I am a quarter Canadian, so my okay. my dad's got dual citizenship. So I don't know oh. if that gives me an in or anything. Or, or not, yeah. But I'll take. They were very nice in Canada. The border patrol people very nice. They're doing their job. Hey, you know what? I'm right. I'm glad to comply, and said go ahead, knock yourself out. And um, I mean everything's so buttoned up anyway. I don't know what he thought he was gonna see, but right. um. No, I, I didn't. I don't care. Search. I don't care. Yeah, I've just seen too many of those cars at the border. I grew I grew up in Western New York and went to school in Buffalo, and we spent many a nights over in Canada. And um, I've seen some cars that they 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 searched, and oh, yeah. I, I it, it scares the living crap out of me because it's my house now. And that's yeah. something else. Like when you're driving, do you have like extreme caution? Um, because it is your like that's your house it's not mm -hmm. it's not like you're on vacation and if you wreck your rv um you, you catch a uber home and you mm -hmm. get your rv fixed mm -hmm. i you know i do watch out and i stay in that right lane with all the other rvs i go about 60 65 that's where my rv seems to be comfortable sorry if the speed limit is 75 and everybody's blowing past me go ahead i'm retired i ain't gotta be anywhere so <laughs> but that's that's just a good place for me and i also have a, a camera in my dash too that sees this way and sees inside the cab too that if i need it to and that gives me a little sense of comfort as well that i like to think it won't be my fault god i'm talking about all this stuff knock on wood again but, um, you know, I see so many people, you know, how they jet in front of you and stop or think you can, what, how they think we're going to stop 30,000 pounds coming at them. Uh, like, go ahead. I'm going to be fine. You're the one that I'm going to drive over. So. Right. Right. Yeah. That's uh, I, I drove um service vehicle for, for five years mm -hmm. before we took off just a, like a transit van. Mm -hmm. And I was always like, you're cutting off the wrong guy. Cause it's not my vehicle and I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Good, exactly. Good luck with that. <laughs> I, I do find that I tend to, when I'm backing up, I get out and look, I'll back a few feet. I'll get out and look again, just to double check. You know, I had somebody waving me on, backing me up one time. And I said, just watch out for my hitch. Watch out. You know, don't let me um, hit this hitch. It sticks out much further than the, the RV does. And sure, hell, she missed the tree that was up there and backed me right into a tree. Ah. I, man, we we work as a team so much. And that's something that I've, I've wondered. Uh, we work as a team so much and we've gotten good enough at it that we don't even think about it anymore. But doing mm -hmm. it by yourself has got to be a challenge at some points. I get yes, yes. If I do stay in a campground, I ask for a pull through, but mm -hmm. I don't freak out because the more you do it, the better you are, you know? So I want to back in. I've parallel parked two or three times. And oh, wow. if, oh yes, yes. Cause you know, you never know. You never know when you have to. It can be done, and I have yeah. done it. I'm not going to say it was pretty, but I have done it a couple of times. So I just get out and look, and if there is something, I have orange cones, and if there's a pole or something, I'll stick that orange cone on it by it so I can see it in the mirrors. And I have the backup camera, but, you know. But I did hit that tree, and it was right there in the camera. So, you know. <laughs> oh, well. Another story. Whatever. <laughs> yeah yeah for, yeah that 
K-Box says, but at least you you didn't hit the hitch. So your helper did what you asked him. I know. You know, and I, went, I got out and I was like, oh, I was ready to just wring her neck. But, you know, it ain't yeah. her, I mean, you know, it's my own fault. I should have been watching. Yeah, that little number cost me 12 grand. The tree? Yeah. Messed up the yeah. siding and all this stuff? It just perfectly hit the corner of actually it was the driver's corner it hit that corner so good you know and it's just a fiberglass cat back there and uh -huh. it just you know i mean they when i went into the shop they're like are you paying for this they're insurance i'm like insurance they're like okay <laughs> so you know but hey they did a great job you can't even see you cannot even tell where where i did back into that trade perfect perfect so yeah. so you spent two two months in canada and now you're back in maine and you're headed to arizona you said i'm headed to kentucky to get my slide looked at then to florida i'm gonna do the winter in florida because you know florida. i don't do hot or i don't do cold <laughs> where whereabouts in florida are you headed where central up my i'm you have family in the middle of florida uh, my daughter is in Cape Coral, so I'm going to there, okay. I'm going to, you know, that's kind of going to be my base kind of, but we are, my RV group has a uh, winter, a Florida winter, we call it, where we start in Lakeland, Lakewood, I can't, the, the Panhandle, and go down the west, east, west side, and go down to Miami, Key West, and then come up the east side, and then you can take a left and go to Arizona, or, you know, go west, or go up the east coast, because winter will be over. That's perfect. That's, mm -hmm. uh, that sounds like a lot of you. Um, how's the, the, the weather in the winter? Any, any storm threat you ever gone through any storms with the RV or do you just kind of move away? Well, it's funny you bring that up. My, the quick, the quick one I did is I was parked in my daughter's backyard when I had the class C and a tornado came through her backyard, picked the trampoline up and and drove it into their roof. I mean, you know, drove it so that workers had to come and pry it out and left holes in the roof. And there I was sitting in my little class C, but I was over to the side, I guess the side of the house protecting me. But we were just in Canada like a couple of weeks ago when, when we were in Halifax and that last uh, hurricane that came up, we all evacuated Halifax and we did a day we left on Wednesday. The storm was projected for Friday and it did hit. So on Wednesday, we all got in our RVs and drove five hours west and got to somewhere and then drove another five hours and got to Quebec and picked the the uh itinerary picked the trip up from there, did Quebec and uh, Montreal and got sure. away from Halifax. So yeah, that's that's always that's I've wondered, you know, it, I see people that on social media and stuff that are like battening down for a hurricane in an RV, and I'm like, why don't you just move? I mean, you know, I I understand sometimes you can't, yeah, um, but yeah. I I just don't know if I would. I we've been through some pretty rough storms uh, to where I've just been like, if it happens, it happens. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm looking yeah. at my wife, and like we were the, um, I mean. I shouldn't say we, she was the one that would head in the basement uh, in Minnesota. She grew up in tornado mm -hmm. Minnesota and, and all that. Um, and I would kind of straggle behind and be the guy standing outside watching the storm come. Yeah. Um, but there were some times in the trailer where I was just like, mm, yeah, if it happens, it happens. And yeah. then started looking into like ground anchors and stuff um, yeah. or 
a winch and, and ground acres for the truck at, at a minimum uh, to yeah. where you can just anchor the truck down and, and ride it out if it gets bad. Yeah, that's actually probably a pretty good idea. I just pull my slides in, fill up with water, you know, so I'm as heavy as I can be. Okay. And this thing empty is 22,000 pounds. So with okay. all my junk in it, I'm sure I'm sitting at 30,000. And then with the slides in and then that, you know, the water of how much is water weigh? Another 600 pounds. So I don't know, false sense of security, but I've gone through some storm. I wouldn't say hurricane, but definitely some heavy storms where it's beating the and rocking the RV a little bit. Yeah. Actually in California. So, uh, and I, but that Halifax one, we knew that's big and it's not going away and it is coming. At one point it was projected right at Halifax. We're like, let's get out of here before everybody else starts leaving. Cause we were like Wednesday, Thursday. We're like, let's do Wednesday so we can get gas. We're not in a traffic jam. Thank God we did the park. We were at the campground. We were out flooded, had no, had no electricity. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Now <laughs> we're glad we left. Frankly, and Quebec was awesome by the way. Yeah. I, I made a couple tours up through uh, Montreal and, okay. and that when I was in college, that's, that's pretty cool places. Yeah. yeah. Um, Somebody who's wondering how big your normal group is, um, maybe maybe the one that you travel with. Do you travel with a group most often? Um, is it a normal size or does it, it, it fluctuates from one to a hundred? It does, Brian. It, it This one in Canada, there was 16 of us. And then at one point there was nine of us and then two more people came. And then there was back to 13. There's one going on right now. They're driving down the California coast. And I think there may be nine of them. So it's okay. sort of kind of, if I had to guess, I'd say 10 is the average, but okay. I'll tell you, we, they, they, they did Northwest over the summer, uh, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, and there was probably 30 of them at one point, but there's a lot of BLM land there too, that they stayed in. So that biggest size wasn't a big deal. The Florida right. one coming up, there'll probably be about 15 people on that. So it just, it kind of varies, but normally in the 10 to 12, 15 range, I would say. Right. Okay. Um, are you in all sorts of different uh, vehicles? Are you mostly in class A's, class C's, no. vans, everything? Vans, cars. We got car campers. We've got nice. these forest ranger kids, which I call them kids. They're thirties, but they work like three months on, three months off, something like that. And so they come and travel with us and they're in their cars. So we've got people that still work, some accountants and people that work from their RV and they hang out with us at night when they're done or, you know, on the weekends or whatever. So it's everything. I just happen to have a class A, but no, we've got full timers, part timers, every type of individual you can imagine, every genre, everything. So everyone is welcome. That's what makes it more the merrier, frankly. It's just the it's the only classification is you got to be solo. And even that, I'm starting to bend Don't a little bend. on that. Yeah. Don't no. bend. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> unless unless they were solo to start. And I mean, you know, you can't you can't uh, you can't poo poo budding relationships. No, no. And we have them. I mean, we've got all kind of couples, you know, where there's birds and bees, you know, you're going to have. <clears throat> I, I mean, I think it's just the natural progression of things yeah. when you're traveling yeah. around each other. Yeah. Whenever I bought the club, the club's 35 years old. And whenever I bought the club, the tagline was RV singles. I changed it to 
an uh, a RV group for solo travelers, RV club for okay. solo travelers to get away from that singles thing. I'm not in a single dating thing. No. Although, you know, uh, whatever. But when I say I've loosened up a little, I mean that, for instance, one of the guys on the Canada trip, he had called me and he joined to go on the Canada trip and he's married, but he's a little bit older than his wife and she's still working. And he's like, I want to come, you know, travel with you guys, can I? And I'm like, yeah, come on. You're, you're, you're solo. You know, technically he is solo. So that's what I mean by, you know, loosened up. We've got another guy whose wife has been sick for like 30 years, literally, since she was, you know, very young and she's never traveled and is even is at a home. So, of course, why can't he travel with us? You know, I mean, so so that's what I mean by loosening up a little. If a couple came in, I don't care. We've got a a few lesbian couples. I don't. Great. I don't care. Who cares? You know, I'm, I'm not going to be checking marriage licenses and beds. That's not out of my job. What? I mean, that's that's your responsibility as an administration is to keep the rules. Because <laughs> we all and, play um, by the rules. Anybody living in an RV full time knows nothing about following the rules anyway. No, so. no. The rules, they don't mean me. I see rules. I'm like, I'm sure they don't mean me. <laughs> um somebody was saying uh hanging laundry saying that they have a friend that's living in a kia van until she gets a senior housing unit um she's mm-hmm. going to re- recommend checking out your group so yeah, totally. uh, i i wanted to let her know that the link is going to be in the in the video notes and the audio notes it's down there already so um yeah. be sure she'll she'll check it out she's uh she's around quite often um yeah. and she says singles is a let me see singles is a turnoff word if i want to meet long- I mean, I go to the laundromat. I love it. Yeah. Oh, I hear you, girl. I'm in the laundromat all the time. Yeah, I hear you. I I didn't like that either. I I did not like that singles connotation. I I don't, I don't, I had to explain to everybody at the beginning when I joined this group, you're going there to date. No, I'm not going there to date. No, I'll tell you too, going back to your, you know, the one that asked about her friend, that uh, trip through uh, Arizona and we call it the Western winter. So you can, you know, spend the winter in a nice climate that has so much BLM land and other places that it's a very economical way to go. It is. If I, I think they may stay at one or two. Oh, they do. They stay at two resorts, not campgrounds resorts because our friends, some of our members work there or, or bought property there and talk management into giving us a super, super cheap price to stay in a beautiful resort. And I'm talking nice. barely two digits. So, uh, but that's nice. a very economical play, way to, to live for a good four or five months of the year is go on that Arizona trip, Western winter trip. They, when they go on the website, I have a little bit about each of the trips. I don't have the details because you have to join to get the details, but it will tell you enough about, oh, that sounds, you know, 21 stops going through Arizona. That sounds good for me. So there's enough to make a decision over. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't imagine you wouldn't or, or people wouldn't be, uh, oh, wait, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Just move yeah. on. Um, yeah. Are you, I mean, I, I know that yours is, is for solo travelers. Are you um, friendly, run into, affiliated with any sort of other RV clubs that you could recommend or or ones that you would say maybe to maybe think twice about? I don't need to trash anybody, but. Um, yeah. You know, um, Brian, I am an escapee. I'm a member of escapee. I am a member of Harvest Host. 
I passport America. Those are all great to have in your pocket for, okay. you know, gives you options, cheap options, or especially if you got to, you know, go on A to B and don't want to spend a week there, but you know, need to stop somewhere. Passport America, 15 bucks a night. You can't beat it. If there's nowhere else to go, you, you can't beat that. So I belong to some of those. I will tell you this. When we first started doing the Canada trip, we were traveling right with the fantasy RV tour group and okay. got to talking to some of them. And um, they paid about 10 grand for the exact same trip that we were going on. I mean, when I tell you we moved to go to Nick's campground, they either came in before us or after us. They, we moved, they moved. We wave, hey. And I went under my breath, go, how's that 10 grand? So, and they're, First class, one nice people, wonderful. But to me, that was people that didn't RV all the time and they needed more hand holding and not okay. to knock them, but they just needed more hand holding. That's not what my club is. My club yeah. is you need to be fine on your own, but, but come with your friends. Let's travel together as friends. But you need to know how to do your RV and figure out if we get there and the camp, the BLM's flooded. We all got to figure out somewhere to go. Don't all stand there and look at me or look at the group leader. We figure out where to go to the next place. Right. Right. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a come and learn how to do this. That was, yeah. that was the thing that blew my mind. Um, once we started, well, it was, it started when I was researching um, what mm -hmm. to do because I was responsible and figured out what I needed to take care of um, was the amount of people that were out doing this asking questions that like how how did you even decide to pull out of your driveway without knowing that like there's there's just mm -hmm. the dead simple things that um i try to warn people you need to you need to really understand what you're doing <laughs> you can mm -hmm. get into some trouble yeah you can yeah you can i was one of those brian i'm embarrassed now but i was one of those i literally bought that rv drove off and I'm like okay great i'm an rver and then then on my starter RV, I call it. Oh, my God. I had uh, how I didn't kill myself or somebody else. Brian, in that RV, talk about you just said get yourself in trouble. I hit a McDonald's building. I took <laughs> the top of everything. And I mean everything with a tree branch. I took the top of everything off. And I just kept driving. Because what, what are you going to do? And literally right in my rearview mirror, I could see stuff flinging down the highway, rolling down the highway. And then, of course, it starts raining, okay? And it's raining hard. And remember, I had two holes in the roof now, big holes, a lot of little holes, but big holes because of the skylights. There was so much rain water in that camper that the water was slushing back and forward as I drove. I, I drove it to the RV um, uh, place that I bought it and said, here, you can have this back. Yeah, that little number caught me. So I was one of those that you talk about. I had no clue what I was doing. I buy this nice, big, fancy RV and drove across country from Texas to California and couldn't, as I alluded to earlier, I couldn't remember how to do the hot water, they told me. So I'm in my nice, fancy RV, boiling water, putting it in a water jug, mixing it with cold water and pouring it on me to shower. So I was one of those that had no clue what she was doing. I like to well, learn made hard it. lessons. You I made, made it. it. I made it. But. I hope to get to somewhere in my life where I don't, every lesson I learn doesn't have to be a hard lesson. That's where I'm hoping <laughs> to get. When I grow up, that's where I want to be. Is I, and everything doesn't have to be a hard lesson. 
<laughs> I, I, I find my, my life goes in waves and I talk oh, about it a lot on the show. I talk about it with some friends that, yep. that everything kind of goes in waves and man, you get in one of those down troughs and you you just got shit going sideways. And in this life, especially because everything yes. matters, everything. Yes. Um, yes. I'm, I got a presentation coming up at a festival here about the first year of doing this and the lessons I've learned. Uh, one of the big ones is everything matters. Like when you're in a house, when you're in a house, you can get by. Oh man, Mm -hmm. that happened. Whatever. I'll go to sleep tomorrow. Deal with it. There's a lot of times you don't get to go to sleep until you handle it. Like it's so true. (laughs) Like a weird smell or you hear a click and you're like, wait a minute. You know, you can't, you can't ignore a weird smell. You can't ignore a click when you're driving. You're like, what, why did that just shift? Yeah. You, boy, I couldn't have said that better. You cannot ignore Everything matters. That's I hadn't thought of it that way, but that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It it and it, when stuff starts going bad, at some it's, point you just sit there and you go, it can't get. There can't be anything else. Like we had one of those days on our our last trip where we we went outside of our comfort zone as far as time and distance. We went in the mm-hmm. day just so we could get someplace. We were tired. The site it wasn't our fault. It just wasn't what we thought it was. And mm-hmm. everything was breaking and, and we got down, we sat down at the end of the night and we we're like, it can't get worse. Like there, it can't get worse. <laughs> and I went outside out. <laughs> and I fell and like popped a hole in the side of the camper with something. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> there you go. Maybe it, can. <laughs> it can always get worse. Yes. That's why I'm like, keep knocking on my cabinet as we talk about breakdowns yeah. and mechanical, please. No, please. It comes in waves, doesn't it? It's oh, not yeah. oh, for sure. if, it's when, it's when this is going to happen because it's going to happen. And I think if new RVers could kind of get that and be prepared for it and not freak out when something happens, I think that would help the anxiety. He, do you agree with that? Oh, I mean, I think you have to go through it. Like you can tell yourself until you're blue in the face that it just is what it is. But until you actually go through it and you lose your mind one or two times mm-hmm. and realize that losing your mind didn't do any different. No, um, no. And I think at that point, either you can get over it or you never will. Like, right. I don't I don't think there's a like I at least couldn't convince myself. And I have been through some pretty crazy stuff through my work career, like pretty dangerous situations, pretty like I'm screwed situations. And I was calm, cool and collected. When stuff would start going sideways with the RV, I was just like freaking out. And I think it's just because it is everything we own. It is our house. Like we don't, mm-hmm. if, if the wall blows out of this thing, I have nowhere to go. Like, yeah, yeah. And it's so permanent. You're, you're on the road, you know, and everybody yeah. comes and helps or comes and looks or the cops say, get off the road. You're like, I can't, dude, I'm trying. You think I want to be sitting here in the road blocking traffic? So right. yeah, you're right. So right. you freak out and you still got the issue to deal with. That's why I keep mm-hmm. saying that about the flat tire. That right. helped me so much to slow your roll, calm down. You, you know, everybody calm down. We're going to get this fixed. And it was, and it was fixed and it was fine. It was no big deal. I sat in a parking lot a few days. So what? So what? You mentioned the Elks Club twice now. I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm, I actually just got my uh, my newsletter in the mail. I've been an Elks Club member for 25 years this year. Oh, 
Oh, nice. I wasn't ever an Elks member. I'd be like, why would I go in there and sit with all them old men smoking? I, I, I didn't know. That was my perception. Oh, my God. That's the best kept secret there is, is the Elks Club, oh, yeah. the Moose Lodge. I'm yep. American Legion and uh, something else. I'm, I'm, there's four of them I belong to. Um, I can't think of the other one. But, oh, God, great food in a lot of them, cheap food, cheap drinks, nice people, places to park. And they tend to be sort of in town, you know, close yeah. to town sometimes that make really great parking places. And you're helping the lodge, you know, by giving a donation for staying there or, yeah. you know, they, their price. And well, and then um, a lot of the lodge members are the local local business owners. So if you need yeah. to know something, where to find something, who to do things like everybody knows who to who to go see at the Elks Lodge. That is so true. That is so true. Like I said, I wish I'd have known about it years ago. It's a great kept secret for sure. Yeah. 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 I just got my card in the mail and and uh, and my newsletter. And then you were saying that I was like, you said Elks and I kind of perked up a little bit. Then you said it again. I was like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta mention mm -hmm. something about that. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. Hey, we're, uh, we're up here in an hour. I just want to answer k question real quick. She, uh, she said something about, he asked, Hey, I'm back. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Yeah. What was my, her question? My darling quit on me for oh. a second. What was her question or what she said? Um, oh, I was wondering about the van campers. And I, I think he hmm. joined late and uh, we had addressed that uh, everybody from a car camper to class A and everything in between. Um, and then uh, let me see if there was any other questions. I don't think so. Um, okay. We're here in an hour. I asked you for an hour. I like to give the guest um, a time to, you know, plug your plug your club, um, and then anything that you want to leave the audience with. I kind of give the open floor to my guests and words of wisdom. Or um, you seem pretty with it, so <laughs> I'm sure you have <laughs> some fun some fun things. But then we'll wrap up and and we'll get on our way. Yeah, totally. Thanks, Brian. So I invite all your your members, your listeners to if they would like to talk to me in person, they're not sure. I'll be glad to talk to them. I'll give my email out. It's winsrvclub at gmail.com. And we can put it in the show notes as well. Also want to offer your listeners uh, $10 off. I'll make it 30 days from the date of this, of this podcast so that they can look around the uh, my website and they can look around my Facebook, my Instagram. And, uh, you know, I, I encourage them to come. It, it's not much to join. If you're new to RVing, it'll help you so much being around other people that RV. And if you're an experienced RV or been around a while, then you know the value of a tribe. You know the value of having a community to hang with and, and go with. And, and, you know, you'll do more things. You'll you'll experience more, you know, when you hang around people, but I just encourage, you know, look at my website, look at, get on Facebook, email me, whatever you want to do. You'll end up joining. It's a great club. It's 35 years old. We got it dialed in. We know how to do it. And you can go all over the country with us if you want to. That sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. I, I appreciate you having me on here. I do. Thank you. Oh, for I like sure. For sure. Yeah. 
I, uh, I I always love having conversations with people that are experiencing the same thing I am right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like mm-hmm. I said at the be- at the beginning, you're in a class A. We're in a we're in a travel trailer. We're staying in the similar places. We're experiencing similar things, mm-hmm. um, but we have a totally different uh, thing going on. And it's, sure. it's great to be able to share those uh, those differences and similarities. So yeah. I appreciate you coming on. Um, if you hang out for a second, I'm going to close things up and I'll talk to you after real quick. And, um, okay. and I have a great night and thanks for being here. Thank you, Brian. All right, Janelle. Um, Janelle, I really appreciate her coming on. Uh, like I said, we had a great chat uh, a couple weeks ago and I knew it was going to be a great conversation. Definitely check out the website in the video description, the audio description. Uh, I will throw in that email address and then the notes about the $10 off she mentioned to check out um, to check out uh, the site and see what she's got going on. So I appreciate her coming on. Definitely check out her stuff. This has been another episode of Lots to Talk About. Be sure to check out the morning show every Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central on YouTube. Uh, Check out the audio podcast on any pod player. And uh, hey, we will catch up with you next week.